How was Thanksgiving? <laughs> um, how'd the eating go? Okay. Yeah. Um, ours was nice. It was, uh, it was laid back, kind of quiet, just hanging out with family at uh, Lloyd and Vicky's house. It was, it was very pleasant. Food was good. Company was good. Played some games, right? Anybody else play games? Yes? Board games? Uh, some of you were just bored. Is that it? That's the vibe I'm getting from some of you. I was just bored. Um, I'm not a turkey fan. Um, and I pity those who are. Um, but uh, I, I, I give in once a year, and, and it was pretty good. And then we have, uh, at least Karen and I, have at our house another tradition uh, for Thanksgiving that we do. Um, we don't go Black Friday shopping, although we did go shopping on Black Friday. It wasn't because we were going Black Friday shopping. Um, Stephen needed some paint for his uh, class at UAA, and he was busy working all this week and just couldn't get out to the store. And so um, we headed over to Blaine's, who are closed on Black Friday, then we said, you know what, we're, we're over here, why don't we stop by Great Harvest Bread Company and get some bread? And they're closed on Black Friday. <laughs> and we were kind of getting the message, right? Um, because then Karen said, you know, Christopher's been wanting such and such, we should head over to REI. I said, mm, not going to happen. Because uh, their, their slogan for Black Friday is, get outside. So they're not open either. And... Uh, we finally made our way over to, uh, to Michael's and found some paints and, and got some good deals. So it worked out okay, but that was the extent of it. And about uh, ten times that day in the course of driving through different parking lots, we avoided probably at least ten fender benders, right? It's crazy. It's nuts how people are. Uh, so that's not our tradition to go Black Friday shopping. Our tradition is to go and see the Nutcracker. And we went last night, had a great time, um, loved the, the company that comes here uh, each year, I think they've been coming for a few years. I know this is at least the second, if not a few, and uh, had a good time with that. Um, the boys don't uh, go with us anymore. They've they've grown large enough that we can't force them in the car <laughs> and uh, and make them go. But Karen and I always have a great time, and we always uh, get a chance to see some friends and enjoy the evening out and uh, have a little bit of uh, fun. Uh, went to dinner, and it was just it was a nice evening. But man, was it cold! out there. And, and then the night before that, we were down at Town Square for the tree lighting with DeCapo Choir, and uh, that was really cold. Um, when we got down there, you know, we've, this is, the th is this the second year we've done it? Yeah, right? Um, last year was pretty nice. Uh, we were out there, we were like, man, this is nice. It's nice out here. Um, the wind was blowing Friday, and it was bitter, bitter cold. And uh, when uh, Sam and I got there, I, I looked at Sam and I said, you know what we should do uh, next year is not do this. <laughs> it was so cold. And God bless those singers uh, from all the different groups, but uh, God bless our DeCapo singers because uh, they did about 20 minutes of music there standing on the, the concrete risers with the wind blowing. And man, it was something. But they did a great job. We were proud of them and it was fun to do it. So all those things revolving around the holidays and, and around Thanksgiving, and I wanted to talk to you a little bit about thankfulness this morning, and kind of suggest that 
over the last several weeks as we've talked about our salvation, about the good news, about us being made right with God, about uh, his desire in us as we are followers of Christ of, for him to, um, uh, the word was sanctify us, sanctification, that's a big word, that means uh, really in, in kind of like everyday terms, it means that we as followers of Christ become from the inside out more and more daily, even momentarily, by every moment, we become more like Jesus and reflect him and his presence in the world. God takes the things of our life that were formerly unrighteous and unholy, and he begins instead to replace them with things that are holy or sanctified. And the goal of that is for us to enjoy and engage in the kingdom of heaven here on earth and to be fully made into followers of Christ who then will also enjoy the kingdom of God for all of eternity in his presence. And as I thought about those, those themes and, and that we kind of wrapped that up last week, I, I was thinking about Thanksgiving and thankfulness, and we, we kind of do this thing around the table, you know, what are you thankful for, and it's always awkward. And um, Usually, the, in fact, I think it was, I don't remember who the first person was at our table, um, family. It's like, man, what are you thankful for, family? Because, like, nobody else can take that now. Like, and it's the easy answer, right? So then you got to kind of dig around a little bit. But, man, if you really think about it, if you really look at your life, no matter the struggles that you've had, if you, if you like, compare your life to maybe other people or people around the world, don't you have a lot to be thankful for? And can I suggest this? Thankfulness is not an automatic attitude. It's something we have to choose. I don't know about you, but I, I have moments, I have tendencies where I can sort of devolve into pity party, right? It's my party, I can cry if I want to. You ever do that? I mean, sometimes things happen that are terrible. Sometimes things happen that, that break our hearts, break our spirits, even, even break our bodies, right? Break our bank account. And in those moments, it can be difficult to choose to be thankful. You know, the Bible tells us in... In all things, give thanks. In all things, give thanks. That, that is not our natural response. Now, I do believe that as we, as we are sanctified, as God continues to work in us, and to grow us into fully devoted followers of Christ, I do believe that it becomes something that can be our natural response to the things that happen in our lives. See, for me, that's really the hope of my faith in Christ, is that 
where I used to be someone who naturally chose the path of sin because that's what was in me, or who naturally chose bitterness, or who naturally chose anger, disappointment, disillusionment, accusation, negativity. I used to be a person, because of my sinful nature, who chose those things naturally, because that's, who, that's what I was on the inside. But when God's spirit came to live within me, to dwell within me, to have communion with my spirit, it began a process that all of us should be in. This, the Bible has this, this funny phrase that gets misused sometimes, gets used like a club to make people behave. It says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. But it doesn't mean that that to get salvation, we can work to be good enough. And that's the stick that's used sometimes is, is people who teach, teach poorly, who, who misapply the Bible, they'll say, see, that says you have to work for your salvation. If you're not good, God won't save you. That's not what the Bible teaches. Remember Ephesians chapter 2, 8 and 9. For by grace are you saved through faith, not of works. It's very clear. You can't work to be saved. God saves you because we respond to his love for us by saying, oh, man, I want that love for me, and I want to love you back, and I want to live like someone who is a child of God. And he says, okay, and he saves us. But then the work of our salvation begins, meaning that we, if, if the salvation is going to be any good, is it just going to leave us like we were before? Is it just going to leave us the same? Or is there something powerful about it? Original saying says, um, God loves you just like you are. It's true. He does. He loves he, every person on this planet. He looks at them wherever they are, whatever they're doing, whatever's happening. He looks at them and says, man, I love that person. But the rest of it says, but he loves you too much to leave you that way. Because he doesn't want to leave us locked in our sin. He doesn't want us to be left as people who naturally choose that which is opposed to righteousness and goodness and holiness. And so I hope that you are experiencing in your life as you're a follower of Christ that as you follow after him, you are able to identify things that are changing from the inside out where you say, you know, I used to think this way. But now, hmm, God's changed the way I think about that. I used to think that A, B, C, or D was okay. I think, like, that's fine. But now, man, the Spirit of God's living in me, and, and he's changed me. Like, wow, well, that's actually really not okay. Right? Can I get a witness? Yes? Yes? That is the process of sanctification, of you Man, get this, you and me being made holy by the power of God. One of those things that, that can rise in us as God does that is thankfulness, to be naturally thankful, no matter the circumstance. And uh, as I was thinking about that, that idea, just being naturally thankful, it also occurred to me that, that, at least for me, often when I'm thankful, when I, when I, when I recognize that, 
that sense that I'm thankful, right? Uh, whether it's even sitting at the table with, with family the other day, uh, saying, you know, what we're thankful for and being a little bit silly and a little bit awkward and, and really hungry and ready to eat. Um, but, you know, Karen puts her foot down and we obey. And then, um, so we did our thing. And, and I don't know if this is the best way to describe it, but it's, but it's what I've got. I get this, I get this feeling of surprise. Kind of like um, when someone gives you a gift that you're just not really expecting, but, and, but it, and it's not like over the top, you know, it's just, it's kindness that's, that's, that's handed to you. And, and you take the gift and you open it and maybe it's someone that you really uh, care about and you have, um, you know, warm feelings towards and it just, it's like, oh, that's nice. And in that moment, you feel thankful, but there's this, there's this underlying thing for me of kind of like, oh, 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 that's good. It's nice. And, and even when I think about, so uh, something I'm always tremendously thankful for is my family. I just, I love these guys. I love Karen. I love the fact that we've been able to, to live here together with my dad, my mom when she was living, with Bonnie, who uh, my dad married, met here in the church, and married has been a fantastic addition to our life, and uh, with Lloyd and Vicki, and Sheila, and her family, and just to have that dynamic, all of the Crawfords that uh, are here, and then gone, and then here, and then gone, my sister and her family, I'm, I'm tremendously thankful for that, and if I take a moment and, and really sort of let that thankfulness land on me, I get that feeling. I get that, oh, oh, that is, that is nice. It, it's way down deep in here somewhere. And so I think there is an element to thankfulness that to me is like surprise. It's like, a, it's like an unexpected thing. And, and as I thought it more deeply, I think it's because so often what life throws at us is not the positive, right? It's the, it's the difficult, it's the painful, it's the negative. And so anytime then we're actually able to find that harbor, that safe place of going, oh, wait, but here's something good, here's something beautiful, here's something kind, here's something generous, it's like, oh, oh, yeah. Because all day long I've been getting and then surprise. It was a good thing. And I'm thankful. Uh, we were at the Nutcracker last night. Um, Hunter, there's a graphic that I threw in there. Jason found this for me. Can you pop that up there? Yeah. Anybody? All right. Who, all right. Who has not been to the Nutcracker ever? Okay. You should fix that soon because when is your performance? December 7, 8th, 8th and 9th. You can see the Gifteas family. Uh, Michaela Gifteas and a bunch of her friends are doing a local show, um, which is going to be fantastic. So you could go see it this season. This is your chance to, to solve that problem, right? Go see it. Go see their show. It'll be great. And uh, do you have one of these giant people? Yes? No? Yes? Okay. So this character comes out with a big dress. And you don't see all those little people. They're underneath the dress. 
right? And they dance around for a little bit, and then they stop, and <gasps> they come out. And last night at the show, we're sitting there, and this scene comes out. It's one of my favorite scenes. I love this scene. And out comes the big kind of puppet thing, and the dress opens, and these people pop out. And over here somewhere, about six rows up, some little girl goes, what? And just brought the whole place down, right? Because we all get it. We're like, yeah, right? Surprise! And I just thought, what a great moment. And I was thankful for the moment because we enjoyed that together. It's a little different when I was saying late to all the people who came down the aisle after the show started. They're walking by me and I'm going, late, late people in front of me are dying, but, you know, that's what you get. Um, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, you guys caring about that. Um, it was different than that moment, although I had fun uh, telling people they were late. Uh, this was much better. There was that moment of surprise, and, and I thought, and I was thinking about today, because once you start preparing for a message, it just runs through your head all the time. And you're looking for things to connect to in the real world or in your experience that maybe I can bring it to you and it makes it come home a little bit more. And that, what? That was, it was so good because then I thought, man, that kid's going to go home and this is going to be like one of those nights that she just remembers. Like, wow. And she'll be thankful. She'll look back on it. She'll pull that memory back and she'll, she'll feel that surprise. But man, that was great. Who knows when it might inspire her to or, or what it, uh, what's going on in her life that she needed a moment where she went, what? And I think God does this for us. He's given me some of those moments, lots of those moments. In fact, sometimes I, I get a little bit down on myself because I, I, I see God do something and I go, what? And then I go, why am I surprised? I mean, I've, I've seen him do so many things before. I've seen him directly interact with uh, things that I've prayed for, people that I've prayed for, sometimes over time, sometimes like literally in the moment. Um, Marie France, good friends of ours, uh, we gathered right here with the elders one night because uh, she had had uh, ongoing health issues and uh, uh, blood issues and blood disease, and, and the doctors were telling her, there's nothing we can do to help you. And she'd been to everything that she could figure out. And she finally said, I, I don't know what else to do. The Bible says when you've exhausted every other opportunity, ask the elders to come and pray with you. And so she did. And we came. And we prayed right here. And from that moment on, her numbers, her blood numbers, her chemistry, all began to go in the right direction. She's living a wonderful life in Oregon right now. What? And yet that's not the only one I've seen. Karen and I were in Atlanta one time with a friend. And uh, we were at a conference together. We'd gone out to dinner the night before, and then uh, a few of us had gone to a show the wife had gone back to um, hotel room, and then in the morning, uh, 
someone came knocking on our hotel room door. We opened the door and there's someone from the hotel there and said, we have an urgent message for you. Uh, your friend's wife is in the hospital in the intensive care unit. What? What happened? And we get to the hospital. We find out that our friend's wife had tried to kill herself. She's in the intensive care unit and, and we go in and we stand around the bed. The doctor said, yeah, she's not going to make it. And we reached out our hands and we put them on her and we began to pray. And as we prayed, her vital signs began to increase. And in about 10 minutes, she was awake. I've seen him do incredible things. I've seen him re release people from demonic possession. I've seen him uh, help people with their finances. I've seen him help me with my finances. I've seen him come to me at times when I am down, when my heart is broken, and give me peace. I, 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 I can't, it would take all day to recount all the ways in which I've seen God work, and yet still, sometimes, often, almost all the time, when I see him move and I can clearly identify him, I still have that surprise. What? And it begins, the next thing that happens, it starts to remind me of all the other times, just like I'm recounting to you. Right? When I start thinking about, oh, man, I'm thankful. Look at what God has done. And I start thinking about all the things that God has done. Woo! It's awesome. I think that's how that little girl will be with that, that thing. Every, if she ever goes to the nutcracker again and that scene comes out, she'll be thinking about that time. Like, do you remember that time? Psalms 136. It says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods, for his steadfast love endures forever. Ultimately, when I find I'm in those moments of thankfulness where I'm I identify something, whether it's in the moment or, or, you know, I'm looking back and I'm going, oh, man, that was awesome. Thanks, God. That was cool. That was a great surprise that you gave us. The underlying principle there is that God, man, he loves us. I love that word endures. Because, you know, you and I, we live in a world where sometimes... Um, because we're broken and the world is broken and things don't always work like we hope that they would. We're, we're in a world where sometimes love does not endure. Right? But his love does. He tells us that in 1 Corinthians 13. Uh, you know, all these things that he says about, about love. Uh, love is patient, love is kind. One of those phrases is love endures all things. That can, that can be a kind of a big prescription for us. If we're going to love the way that God does, can we be people who have a love for one another, a love for our, uh, our children, a love for our uh, spouses, our love for our exes, our love for our enemies? Can we have a love that transcends Whatever they do, whatever we do, 
the wrongs that we commit, but we still are in a place where we say, yes, you know, um, we did this and that, that, that broke whatever we have here and it's not repairable, but I still love you. I still care about you. I still want to see you as God sees you. We, we can't be foolish enough to think that in our human relationships that, that we can just let anything go, right? Because it just doesn't work that way. But can we be people who even in the times of greatest harm, the times of greatest betrayal, the times of greatest pain, can we become people who even in those moments, even though... The, the things that have happened that someone else has done or maybe sometimes the, the actions that I've taken that have created great chaos or caused great harm to, to relationships and to other people, can we be the kinds of people who even though we stand among the wreckage of what people do to one another, still look at those people and still look at one another and we push away from hate And we embrace the person with the love of God. See, ultimately, all of the things that we might give thanks to the Lord for rest on this principle of, of his, that his love, his love is steadfast. It endures forever. Because here's the truth of it. We do and have done things that have caused a lot of wreckage in our relationship with God. The Bible calls that sin. And yet, God looks at us and says, but I love you. He doesn't say anything goes, right? I mean, if we're, if we're out there doing things that we know are sinful, that if we're disobeying what we know God would want, God, God doesn't look at us and say, hey, I love you, it's fine. No, remember, he loves us just the way we are, but he loves us too much to leave us that way. His love says to us, yes, I love you. I have something better if you want. So give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. I'm not going to go through every one of these. I just want you to just kind of uh, zoom through these with your brain. Um, you might notice a recurring phrase here. I'll put these on the, the website with the podcast later. Um, his steadfast love endures forever happens 23 times in these this short section of verses. And, and the psalmist here kind of divides things into to three areas. Um, the first, he's remembering. Remember that idea I talked about? Sometimes Thanksgiving comes from remembering. You're in the moment now and you go, oh, this is awesome. And then you go, oh, and that reminds me of when God did this. And, and that sense of surprise and, and the wonder of his steadfast love towards you reveals itself yet again. That's, the writer does that. The, the, the first big section here that I, that I put up 
here he's talking about when uh, they were uh, God's greatness of creating. Acknowledging that the only reason we're here is because God created and made it possible for us to be here. And then there's a whole next section where uh, he talks about how God brought the people out of Egypt, out of their slavery, and, and, and led them through the wilderness and protected them even though they were disobedient in the wilderness. He was, let's see, here's a good example. They got out in the wilderness, they got disobedient, God said, look, I love you, but we have a problem, and you're going to hang out here for a while until we get it sorted out. He still loved them, but it wasn't anything goes. And then there's another section where he talks about his provision for them after they got into the promised land, after they got to the place God was taking them and how he cared for them and he made the way for them and he exalted them. And then here there's actually a little bit of prophecy in this psalm. It is he who remembered us in our low estate for his steadfast love endures forever and rescued us from our foes for his steadfast love endures forever. He who gives food to all flesh for his steadfast love endures forever. That low estate is a little bit of an echo of Jesus Christ who the Bible tells us he didn't consider it uh, a, a form of, of robbery, it says. Didn't, didn't, didn't consider it to be something completely out of, of the realm of possibility to do, it says, and he made himself humble, made himself of low estate and became a flesh and blood human being and dwelt among us. In order that he might rescue us from our foe. And in order that all of, uh, all of us, flesh and bone, flesh and blood, walking the face of the earth, might find true food, true sustenance, true nourishment in the person of Jesus Christ. And he does that because his steadfast love today is just like it was when the psalmist wrote this. It endures for heaven. In endures forever. And then he says this. He closes out. Last verse, give thanks to the God of heaven. Why? Because his steadfast love endures forever. I don't know all the details of your life. There's absolute certainty that there are some things that many of you are facing that uh, are hard, difficult, maybe even terrible. You're not alone. There are others sitting beside you and in the rows next to you and in the rows behind you and in front of you who are struggling with similar circumstances, similar pain. And yet, I would encourage you to do as the scripture says. In all things, give thanks. It's a choice. But as we follow after Christ, 
I would suggest that it should be something over time that becomes less of a choice and more of just who we are. From the inside out. We're going to close out with uh, this video this morning. Anybody back there, Russ? you stand with me for closing prayer? Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause the light of his face to shine upon you. And may in all circumstances, may we become true followers of Christ who are naturally thankful. Lord, not sometimes for the circumstance, because the circumstance isn't very good, but always, always thankful for the love 
of a Father in heaven whose love for us is steadfast no matter our circumstances and love which lasts forever. For that, I am thankful. In Jesus' name.